This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, Reds. Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So I know you heard my interview there with Kevin Falcon yep. there. So he's talking about he would eliminate the provincial fuel tax, 14 and a half cents a liter right now. He says he would eliminate it immediately and permanently. So that would give people some relief at the gas pump, right? The question is, that blows a big hole in the budget. That raises yep. a lot of money. You're talking hundreds of millions of dollars here. And would that force... Spending cuts in order to make us. He's also talking about, I'm going to balance the budget. And you tried to pin him down on that, and yeah. he would not be pinned. Yeah. Um, so, no, we haven't seen the fiscal plan from the uh, United. It's not a bad issue. For, again, opposition parties traditionally run on uh, cut taxes. Sure. You know? Yeah. But we haven't seen their fiscal plan on how they would. I don't think balancing the budget is realistic. Well, $8 billion, $8 billion dollar deficit. Come on and now. It's he kept talking about the capital side, which has nothing to do with the $8 billion. Right, people have to know how government books, and he knows how government books work because he's a former finance minister. So the capital side, hospital budget overruns, which are significant. Yes, and there is something going on. I got a briefing from Transportation a few months ago about the horizontal construction: Broadway, Subway, Sky, <coughs> Sky Train, Highways. That's largely intact in terms of budgets. Where there's overruns is so-called vertical construction, the hospitals. Hospitals, yeah. Uh, they so, all seem to be going over budget. They're all over budget yeah. for a number of reasons. Um, he blames it on the union-only rules that the NDP brought in. Not all these projects are in those community benefit oh. agreements. Um, they're still going over budget. So, but they're, those are, those are, but again, they're, those apply to Patello Bridge, for example, and that's not over budget. Mm. So something seems to be going on in the construction sector, which has led to these budget overruns. But I found it interesting, um, again, as we get closer to the election... Uh, the opposition parties, just like the government, have to present their fiscal platforms. Yeah. Um, so it's one thing to say get rid of the eight hundred million dollars worth of tax revenue. Um, another thing, how do you how does that fit into the overall plan? Hard to see how a budget gets balanced right now. Yeah, revenues just aren't strong enough. And he didn't. He, of course, he didn't say. In fairness to him, he didn't say when he would balance no, the budget. No, I don't. I don't think they're going to present a plan to balance the budget. No, I don't. I, don't, I, think it's I don't think you can. Realistic to expect them to do that, but. I think they will poke some definite holes in the government spending. Well, uh, I mean, this is this is going to be the debate because the government is going to say, okay, you're promising all these tax cuts. You're kissing off all this revenue. You'll have to cut spending. And well, I, I put that to him. Let's listen to what he had to say here. So here is Falk, and I, I put it to him. Well, you'll, have to, you'll have to cut spending here if you, if you get, forego all this revenue. Here's what he said. So what you have to do, like when I was back in the business world, you have to tie spending to outcomes. You hold people responsible for those outcomes. You set key performance indicators to make sure that people are being held accountable for the results. And then you make sure you're driving good results. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. But, um, uh, again, we'll see what their fiscal... I guess he means stop is. wasting money. Yeah, well, I remember even Mike Harcourt back in the NDP said, oh, you know, we'll just get stop government waste. As if, yeah. as if there's some vast amounts of government waste that's lying around that you can sweep up and get rid of. Um, it's that's basically all politicians engage in that type of rhetoric, and they yeah. can never quantify exactly what we're talking about here. But I do note he, they do seem to be indicating reducing the size of the civil service, sure. which presumably means layoffs. Yeah. Um, 
But again, it, given the state of the provincial finances, it's hard to see how anyone comes in with a balanced budget plan. No, not with an $8 billion deficit. Let's talk about the other opposition uh, figure here, looming large, John Rustad, the Conservative leader. Oh, this is leader. really interesting. So yesterday, Global, we do a full-on story on John Rustad's appearing at a Surrey school calling for an end of Surrey portables and larger classroom sizes. Yes. Um, it, complete, it seemed to completely freak out the BC United folks. So I get texts from <clears throat> BC United people saying, what, you know, what, this is ridiculous what Rustad's proposing. So they're reacting to Rustad in a way that <clears throat> normally you think they just ignore him. But they were over the top. I get a phone call from a very prominent former BC Liberal person at quarter to six saying, what are you guys doing? You know, Rustad's proposal. Why are you covering Rustad? Rustad's proposal is ridiculous. And we ran a story that did poke holes in his proposal. Sure. That, you know, but the fact that we actually covered John Rustad on the flagship news hour seemed to really um, upset or concern BC United, who I think are really concerned about Rustad. We talked about this before. Rustad is dragging them onto his turf. Yeah, not the other way around. Yeah, and he seems to be having the momentum out there, and it's and you know yesterday another BC United MLA uh, declared for health reasons that he's not running for re-election. That raises to ten the number of sitting MLAs not seeking re-election. That removes the incumbency advantage, which is desperately needed by a party that's at seventeen percent in the polls. Yeah, you know yeah. you lose that incumbent advantage, yeah. you basically lose the seat. Yeah. Um, Especially with this Conservative Party surging, and that's why he's getting the coverage. I mean, Global's covering it. All the news, all yeah. the newsrooms are covering and, 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 it. And Falcon is pointing out, oh, it's just like 2013. No, it's not. In 2013, the B.C. Liberals were, you know, sure, the Conservatives were like 20% in the polls, but the B.C. Liberals were at 40%, 42%. Yeah. That's not the case right now. BC United, which no one really seems to know what it is, is below 20%. Well, Rustad's getting attention. And yesterday in Surrey, this announcement that he made around schools and portables in Surrey, he said the answer is to enlarge class sizes. Okay, so then you wouldn't need portables. Wow. Well, <laughs> not sure so, uh, many people support that. Well, let's listen to that. So here's what Rustad is defending larger class sizes in Surrey to reduce the need for portables. It's something we can do right away. It isn't a cost associated with it. We can create this environment. And the savings that we would have by not having um, portables as part of our operating costs, we could actually put back into the school district and back into the classroom. Okay, Global News also spoke to the teachers' union about this idea and large class sizes here in Surrey. Here is Lizanne Foster, Surrey Teachers Association. I, I just, I, I literally laughed when I heard about the extra class sizes. It sounds like he has no idea about what actually happens in classrooms. Okay, I mean, aren't the class sizes in the union contract? Like, how can he... More or less. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know it's up this? a can of worms that, no. Um, uh, what would the parents think about that? Like, I understand I parents, parents wouldn't want their... I mean, if a parent had a choice, okay, your kid can be in a portable or your kid can be in a school, but with a larger class size, which would the parent I think pick? they'd take the portable. Well, I mean, yeah. I spent, I, I don't know about you, I spent two years of my elementary school life in a portable. Me wasn't, too, wasn't yeah. wasn't the end of the world. No. It was, it was weird sometimes. I mean, it's uh, not great. It's not ideal, obviously. But also, you know, in the winter, it wasn't great. But wouldn't, wasn't a, wouldn't a larger class size be worse? I wouldn't want my kid in a class with 35 kids. Maybe even bigger. Maybe even bigger. So, mm. But it's interesting. Rustad will take this any day of the week. Yeah. He doesn't mind picking a fight with Surrey Teachers Union. Surrey Teachers Union is not his friend, not his supporter. Um, the fact he gets airtime on this, what, a show with 
hundreds of thousands of eyeballs watching him. He'll take that any day of the yeah. week. And this is the challenge. It's going to be interesting. All newsrooms, you know, in terms you, you have the government announcement. And who do you go for reaction? You yes. go to Falcon or do you go to Russell? <laughs> on paper, on the rules of the legislature, BC9 is the official opposition. Right. But if Rustad and the Conservatives continue to widen the gap between them and the United uh, in public opinion polls, newsrooms are going to increasingly go seek out John Rustad's opinion. Of course. More than they're going to seek out Kevin Falcon's opinion. Okay. And like you said, it seems like Falcon is being dragged to the right on a lot of issues or he's being forced to take positions that he didn't take before. Because of the threat from Rustad and the Conservatives. Yep. And here's an example. Like, Let's listen to Kevin Falcon here going after the health minister, Adrian Dix, in the legislature about unvaccinated health care workers. Okay, so he is saying, look, it's time to hire these unvaccinated health care workers back into the hospitals, back into health care facilities. And listen to the point he makes here. He, he, he makes it very clear. I was the first guy to call for this. And when he says this, keep in mind, he's trying to differentiate himself here from Rustad. Let's listen. I was the first leader, and BC United was the first party to call for the return of thousands of unvaccinated health care workers. Will the Premier finally rehire the health care workers that they fired? The facts are the facts. 99% plus of health care workers in British Columbia got vaccinated because getting vaccinated was good for them and good for patients. Okay, you heard Adrian Dix, the health so minister. So this took there. place yeah. on Budget Day. Yeah. At a time when the entire press gallery was in lockup. So there was no media in the House when yeah. Falcon raised this, which is curious. And I read into that that apparently, t- talking to members in the House, Rustad was killing himself laughing when Falcon was doing this. Because he just thought this is great. You know, he wants to talk about my issues? Fine. Uh, that tells me, so interesting, BC United sent several MLAs up to the Peace River area. Normally a very safe, politically safe Riding for yeah. BC, for the old BC Liberals. Sure. Now the BC United sends some MLAs up there. That combined with Falcon's comments, which again, the Peace River had the lowest vaccination rates. The protest up there, they protested against BC then BC Liberal MLA Mike Bernier's house. Yes, they yes. showed up at a dinner when he was having yeah. and harassed him. So that tells me that BC United is seriously worried about losing those those two seats, and potentially more. Over the vaccine issue. Over that issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't see the business... I mean, this came out of nowhere. It's, no one's clamoring for this anymore. The business community isn't demanding, BC United, you must champion the cause of unvaccinated uh, healthcare workers. Other issues, affordability issues, have risen to the fore. And I was curious on budget day, of all the issues to raise, that that one was raised. And it, again tells me they're worried. He's clearly trying to stake out some very clear ground on the issue because he feels like he's, he's worried about getting outflanked on it by Rustad. Being outflanked on that. He was worried about being outflanked by Rustad on the Land Act changes. Yes. Um, that Rustad seemed to be, that was his turf and BC United was starting to move on it. So again, look for Rustad to move BC United onto his issues yeah. rather than the Well, the NDP around. must love this, don't they? Oh, because doesn't that open up the center for EB? Oh, yeah. 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 The only thing, I mean, the NDP always has to be worried about if, if the entire free enterprise coalition vote coalesces around one party, yeah. uh, and if it's the BC Conservative Party, that can be problematic. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah, phone lines open 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Um, just to touch back on, on some of the things that Falcon has been saying about the conservatives and his comparator to it with what was the year when the conservatives were doing well in the polls and that, but then they collapsed? Uh, 2013. Yeah, 2013. So that was when the BC Conservative Party was actually polling really well. Yeah, John Cummins. But then it all went away. It all disappeared. He even got in, into the debate, leaders debate. Yes. But at that time, you had the liberals were the government and had been the government for a dozen years. Yeah. So there was that. Also, they were still tracking at 40%. Yeah, they were still the ahead. They were still ahead. Way now ahead. they're behind. Now, now they're, way, they're behind. way behind. Yeah. And the BC Conservatives are in solid second place. Yeah, for sure. Joan in Coquitlam. Hi, Joan. Go ahead. Hi there. I listen all the time to you guys and listen to this whole thing with Surrey. I grew up in Surrey. I am now 69 years old. I went to started school in grade one when there was no kindergarten on shift in grade one. Walked three miles in the rain and the snow, and uh, again in high school, two years in high school. Nothing has changed in Surrey. Mm. It's been like this forever. They continue to underfund the schools in Surrey. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking like 60 years ago um, when I started school, and, over 60 years ago, and again in high school. Mind you, my two kids have gone through school in Surrey, and they were never on shift. So in- Interesting. Okay. Yeah. J- Joan, thank okay. you for that. Thank you for that. I believe you walked three miles to school, because I remember growing up, Surrey was literally all farms. Yeah. There wasn't really any town center in Surrey. It was a very yeah. rural municipality. Now it's going to become the number one municipality in terms of population. Now, EB was asked the other day about this, the shortage of schools in Surrey and the overcrowding and the, and the, and the portables. And he said, look, we spent a ton of money on schools in Surrey. The problem is that the population has grown faster than we thought it would. Keep up. Yeah. You know, he so said we didn't see the projected population. I guess he's pointing the finger at the feds on immigration on that point. Yeah. Too. So we're getting, you know, 150,000 people moved to BC every year for the last few years, yeah. roughly. And, Ninety percent of those, according to statistics, settle in three areas. One is, well, the big one is Metro Vancouver, and within Metro Vancouver, the biggest is Surrey. Sure, that attracts yeah. the most uh, immigration. The other two areas are the Okanagan, Central Okanagan, like Kelowna, and the capital region here. But yeah. Metro Vancouver dwarfs the other two, and Surrey is the biggest magnet within yeah. that that uh, geographical area. Carol in Vancouver. Hi, Carol. Oh, hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. And, and uh, um, I just have a comment about the health care and vaccination. I'm a sure. cardiac tech and, I, and um, I haven't, I'm not vaccinated and I haven't worked for years. So I went to credit counseling because I'm in debt. 
And I told her that I was a cardiac tech out of work, not vaccinated. She said, you're not alone. She's got nine nurses alone in her file who are seeking credit counseling and in debt because they're not working. Our healthcare system's a mess. It needs all these workers that are unvaccinated back at work. It's just ridiculous that we have to choose our health over working, which impacts our health. Thank you. Okay, well, th- oh, thank you for that. Well, I think there the number I saw, Keith, on unvaccinated healthcare workers off the job in BC was two thousand five hundred. Is that about right? It's come down. Okay, I understand. So it's a little below two thousand. You're you're less than two percent of the workforce, right? So this is what the government is Way saying. Less. There's one hundred thirty-five thousand healthcare workers. So the government is saying this has not had a big impact, but at a time, as the caller points out, at a time when we need all hands on deck, and BC is the only province left now that still has this. Yeah, well, this vaccine uh, mandate for healthcare workers. Thirty seconds. That's the way it is. Yeah. So my, you don't think they should change it? No. I mean, if you, basically you're rejecting science, I'd rather have a healthcare worker that believes in science. If you if you're rejecting vaccination, you reject science. The other thing, though, it has a disproportionate effect in some parts of the province, like you said, in, in the peace region. This is where it's a bigger. It seems to be a bigger issue there. Oh, it's a bigger issue there, but in terms of healthcare workers, it's primarily yeah. Metro Vancouver. Okay. Where in terms of the number of, the, I've that 2,000, most of them are in Metro Vancouver. Okay, Dix doesn't seem to be budging on it. No, well, it's now. not Dix, it's Bonnie Henry. And it's, Bonnie, it's, a, it's, it's, a it's her health, mandate. It's, it's a her public mandate. health order. Yeah, yeah. It's not a minister order.